Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And we don't like it, but we'd rather you done it. That's basically the gist of it. Make that the intro. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Return of the Mank is Ian McCall's Thistle turn up to witness in a Charm Masterclass. Paul kicking bottles and Clancy's crashing bottle cost us as the high beast hoodoo continues. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Welcome to episode 192 of 20 Minute Tims. I am your host Jamie, I'm back again and I am joined by Stephen. Hello there. And Melly. Hello. How are we getting on this week? Essential for Melly. Mixing up a bit. Settle in lads. How are we getting on this week? Yeah, as a mixed, as a mixed week for the hips, was it? was a mixed week. Did you miss me last week Stephen? Of course we did. Like the deserts miss the rain as, <laughs> always, as I always say. Yes, deeply. Um, one thing you won't have missed is our Patreon content because that was coming <laughs> thick and fast last week. We had quite a lot, didn't we? We had tremendous link there. Uh, tremendous. Like that? Daddy's home, the professionals <laughs> back hosting. Um, History Boys Abroad done a terrific podcast on that Ajax game from nineteen eighty. Two, yeah, Two. double-headed tie with uh, one of the true greats of the game, Johan Cruyff, playing, playing his trade at Celtic Park for the only time, I believe, actually. Yep. Yeah, uh, and they, they cover both games in depth. Uh, yeah, very entertaining, very well-researched and very well, very informative, as always. That was the day after our last Monday podcast and has, has been very popular, as always. Um, otherwise, Melly, you were on Melly at the match duty twice last week, if yep. I remember correctly. Fissel and then managed to get to the Hibs away game as well, so... Very much enjoyed your Hibs away coverage. Didn't enjoy the game so much, but it was good uh, Good hearing an away match. Melee at the match, that's something we're trying to do a wee bit more of this season, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's good, good fun, but just hardly getting some of the content because Tannoy's in away stadiums are no good. No, they don't provide the podcast recording facilities that you're used to, <laughs> a.k.a. your car. Yeah. <laughs> tin pot, mate. Uh, tin pot. We also had the Tactics Board, that return for episode two. Myself and Blair were on that. We fielded some of your tactical questions and we ran through that. Um, and finally, we had 20-minute movies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you don't know by now, the Patreon is a subscription service we offer. Um, for you guys, the listener, you can support the podcast and mostly... Well, there's two main ways, Stephen. There's $2.50 um, and there's $5, and those tiers get you a variety of extra goodies. Yeah, all the details can be found at patreon.com forward slash 20-minute terms. If anything tickles your fancy and you want to find out more, it's all laid out right there. Oh, well, I've got a wee bone to pick with the movie guys. Oh, here we go. I went to see Rambo last night. Right. They said it was terrible and 
despicable. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. But it was that. nothing better than seeing somebody getting stabbed right through the gullet. Well, right that's, in it. Yeah, yeah. that's because you're an uncultured swine, Nelly. <laughs> and those boys actually know what they're talking about. Mindless violence. Can you read it? And if you are a patron, uh, you'll have noticed on there last week we put up a post from um, a company that we're doing a bit of work with called Beer52. They've got a great listener offer for us that we've extended to patrons and you'll hear more about that on the podcast yeah, in the right. coming weeks, mm-hmm. no doubt. So let's get down to business. What game would you two like to discuss first? Would you like to discuss the 5-0 thrashing of Partick Thistle <laughs> at Celtic Park or would you like to discuss the 1-1 draw with Hibs? The let's, 5-0 yeah. thrashing or the 1-1 draw with Hibs? <laughs> let's go with the 5-0 thrashing. Okay. Why not? Melly. I was going to say Hibs, but I'm vetoed, so... <laughs> right, yes, once again. The 5-0 thrashing of Partick Thistle in the League Cup. Was that Ian McCall's first game, or were they technically managerless at that point? Uh, uh, he was there. He, he was, was there. definitely in the dugout, yeah. I, I, I did a little bit of, kind of spice going into this game, because... Partick Thistle, yes, Partick Thistle are best described as beleaguered this season, but they got rid of their... The weird manager that they had, the one that wasn't getting anywhere in Gary Caldwell. Wait, wait I'm, I need to stop you on the Gary Caldwell thing. For people who don't know, you need to read the story about Gary Caldwell using the SAS to kidnap <laughs> to kidnap his own players in pre-season. None of them knew about it. One of them had a full-on breakdown had, in the uh, car. Do you want to try to escape? Yeah, yeah, some guy just ran into the woods. Because yeah. it was just they just get bundled into the back of an unmarked van. The guy was terrified. And the best coaches try and find any edge they can <laughs> in, in the modern day. Uh, uh, yes, so they got rid of Gary Caldwell. SAS or not, super army soldiers or not. Um, they got rid of Gary Caldwell <laughs> and bring back yeah, <laughs> and bring back what would be really the best pairing possible in order to get a bit of morale and approval really with the the supporters, Ian McCall and Archibald, to get those yeah. two guys back. It's going to galvanise or potentially galvanise the club a wee bit. So still think we're walking into that with the potential. Well, ma- new manager bounce. Yeah. However, that said, Partick Thistle aren't a very good team, and they they hadn't had any time to work with the players yet. So it really was just a hope. Partick Thistle just turning up, probably hoping to boost morale by not getting absolutely gubbed, yeah. which they eventually did. But it could have been much worse on the night. To be honest, I, I see they've already adopted the Edward song. <laughs> I want to be McCall. I want to be McCall. <laughs> Awful. Um, Celtic, on the other hand, Melly used this as an opportunity to bring in some fringe players, give some people a run out. The lineup had a lot of names that sort of spent most of the so far of the season on the fringes, and we had a debut for Frimpong at right back. We sure did. Sure did. I liked. It. I liked the look of the team. It was yeah. pretty much what me and Stephen called last week. I think there was one or two changes. We forgot Greg Taylor was cut tied yeah, on Coffey and Johnny Hayes slotted in at left back, but rest of the team sort of. Picked itself. We were just unsure if it was Brown or McGregor that would play, but we put in McGregor and we said before the match, all going well, we take him off after 60 minutes mm. and bring on Brown. And everything went well, it was smoothly enough that we could do it. It was good to see a lot of the players. And oh, I said he could be my boy on the old scouting podcast, but Frimpong, he's doing things to me. Uh, I don't re- <laughs> I don't really do, I don't really give much credit because everyone was your boy on the scouting <laughs> podcast, know. including Elianusi who made a start, Stephen. Yeah, um, we'll come on a, a little bit of some of the, the play itself, but yeah, Elianusi so far has been underwhelming. It's early days yet, he's only played a handful, of, not even a handful of games, maybe three or four, a couple of which he's, he's not started, so the part of this game would have been a good chance for him to, to impress against a lower league team at home. But he didn't really didn't really grab that chance, I didn't think. He was okay. I thought he was all right, but he kept falling over. He kept slipping and, and so on. But uh, Jeremy Frimpong, complete opposite end of that. 
Just a quick run through for those who might not remember. It was Golden, Frimpong, Elhamed brought into the centre half position. Ayer Hayes at left back, as Melly mentioned. Cham, McGregor, Alien Hussey, Rogic mm. was back. Uh, Morgan and Bio. That must have been Rogic's first start since the Cup, Cup final, final, yeah. Final, first start, yeah. Um, how did you feel about the contribution of Lewis Morgan? Because there's a lot of talk at the moment about, about Lewis Morgan, the fact that Melly's shaking his head here. <laughs> I'm going to actually cut to you then, Melly. You're shaking your head, Lewis Morgan. Yep, me, me and Stephen were uh, doing the mail at the match and we spoke about it beforehand that this is his chance. This is his chance. We've seen that the rest of the players will come on to them, but Fringpong took his chance. Bio got a goal and Cham Rogic scored. Scotty Boy comes on. Bags on. Uh, but Lewis Morgan, I watched him quite closely because Sved's not impressed at all. He's injured and Neil Lennon said he's not training hard enough. So that was Lewis Morgan's chance to put pressure on James Forrest and say, if James Forrest can't play every match, I'm here to do it. And I watched him really closely. And it got Scott Sinclair came on, and within minutes, he'd had a chance saved by the keeper. He'd scored, and he had another chance. Set up one for Bio as well. Yep, yeah. uh, 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 that was the last yeah. one, sorry, where he should have shot. And Lewis Morgan, I looked at the clock, 79 minutes and 51 seconds before he took him out on a man and beat him. Mm. We were one in five now at a time. Repeat so that I, for me, because that doesn't that didn't quite sink in when you just mentioned <laughs> it. What was it? 79 minutes and 51 seconds before Lewis Morgan took on a man and beat him. Jeez. That was down the right-hand side. It's Partick Thistle were 5-0 up at the time. That's absolutely no use. This mm. was his chance to take, a, take them on and beat them, but he just kept doing the easy thing he didn't take MD on and that's what you need to do against these teams he didn't impress at all and when you seen Scott Sinclair on the other side come on and make a difference I just thought Lewis Morgan it's his birthday today actually he's 23 really is that right and I can't I've not seen a good game from him yet I just no. I don't see where he's going to fit in if something were to happen to Forrest we need somebody else rather than him uh, the first half performance, Stephen, wasn't the best but Bio did manage to get on the score sheet now depending on what way you look at it he's now scored how many goals? That's his first goal. Three. Yeah. But Craig Levine took two back. <laughs> yeah, Craig Levine <laughs> demanded both of them yeah. back. Uh, yeah, it's his first goal. And we talked a little bit on Melly at the match about how he just seems to have been the unluckiest guy in Europe since he signed for Celtic. Yeah. You know, I'd, I've still not made up my mind as to whether he's any good or not. I don't know if the, the evidence is still, still kind of 50 50 on that one. But <laughs> he has come in, get injured straight away, spent a bit of time in the reserves was about to make his debut against Hibs last right, season aye. and then the substitution got cancelled because of an injury to Johnny Hayes, I think it might have been at the time, can't remember. So the, the substitution got cancelled on his debut after, remember, he'd been he'd been hyped up maybe the game before, the spotlight on yep. the, the <laughs> Debut got cancelled, I think he got injured again and then basically wasn't seen for a long time. He comes into the team against Hearts, scores two goals, has them immediately taken back off him, then he <laughs> doesn't really feature. Then he starts against Patrick Thistle and finally gets a goal. So I was delighted for him that he finally finally got something. But um, It was a good goal as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because it's something that we don't really see from Edward. We finally put in a decent delivery from a free kick. I thought a free kick, we kind of bought it. But it was a great mm. ball in, and there he is, right in the middle of the goal. Poor from Partick Thistle, but it's a good header, and it gives us a different option to Edward because he's not really the guy that's going to be winning headers. I was interested to see how he how he do holding the ball up because he didn't do very well against Ren when he yeah. came on. He gave away a lot of fouls, but he was better in this game. But Partick Thistle sat sat back deep mm. and barely got forward at all, so he didn't really have much space to work with, but in the second half he came into a bit more and his link-up play was decent, but he got his goal, gets him off the mark, it's good to see, because if you, really this game, if you were to pick it, 
pick Harry to go, right, we want to win, obviously. We want yeah. to get through with no injuries that happened. You wanted to take McGregor off. You wanted in Cham and Rogers to play well. They did. And you wanted Bio to get his first goal. And, and it all happened. Worthwhile proper rests for certain yeah. players as well. You weren't, It wasn't one of those sticky games where you're only 1-0 up and you're looking to close out the game and you're having to drag out Forrest and Edward or whoever else is on the bench. Guys, you're ideally looking to get a full rest. You weren't having to bring them on. They they weren't called upon at all. So it was worth it for that for those purposes as well. I've got my own thoughts on Bio. Um, I, like you, I've not really made my mind up on him, but I just kind of get. I'm getting vibes that everything good he does is like an accident. You know, <laughs> like 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 he doesn't mean. You know, that could be really unfair, but you know, I, I just. It's when the when the when the games against us. It's when you want to see him. You know, we can talk about when he came on at the Hibs game, but hmm. I thought. That substitution at the Hibs game, I never thought, right, we've got a chance of getting a goal here. I mm. thought, well, that's mm. probably killed it. You know, that that's kind of how I feel about Bio at the moment. It remains to be seen how it actually how it actually works out. And Cham, a game of two halves for him. Oh, very much. Oh, sliding right in there were a cliche. Yeah. <laughs> First half, when Celtic got the goal, it was it was fine. But the last 10, 15 minutes of the end of the first half, it began to get really sloppy. And look. Partick Vissel didn't really create much. They'd one shot in the first half. End of the first half. It was a really smart save from Gordon and Fair. Yeah, he got it out wide enough. But when you're only 1-0 up, Celtic were getting sloppy and Partick Vissel have got Kenneth Miller up front. <laughs> you, just, you've always got that feeling that that wee rat's going to bag one. But second half came out and the Cham, totally different player. Oh yeah. Uh, again, this game was a game where if you're going to stand up and be counted, you have to absolutely dominate in these games to prove you're better than everybody. And second half, he came out, and just from the very start, he was good. First half, he had a couple of decent passes out wide, but few sloppy ones. But the second half, he just dictated playing, and that's exactly what you want to see. He should be doing that. Does that worry you, Stephen, about in Cham? Because, you know, when you're looking at the whole picture of Olivier and Cham's season, they're wanting to go, they're not really wanting mm, to be yeah. here, then the sort of in and out of the team and then it's he can he seems to be able to turn it on when he wants and, and that's the thing he's so good he's uh, such a good footballer it's unbelievable and it's again we talked about this on the, the mail at the match episode just to call back to that is we, we talked about how frustrating it is and it's exactly the point you're, you're making here it's the first half was it bothered on lazy at times from Incham it's like I don't mind I don't mind I said last week I don't mind when players are trying to make things happen and they make mistakes but sometimes he just looked as if he was just lazily like slapping the ball forward and it was cut out by Patrick Dissel's midfield and that just wasn't it's just not what you want to see from him but at other times he's doing huge switches of play from the inside left channel out to the right hand side out to either Frimpong or whoever's out there straight onto their toes like without them having to break straight and I just I, I sat back and thought this guy's such a good footballer why can't we see more of this maybe, but, maybe it is that maybe he thinks the same thing he thinks yes. the first half he's thinking you know what I don't really need to try I'll, I'll pull something off eventually yeah. you know what I mean and then he's obviously maybe got a rocket at half time but I think in Cham like like I said I think I, I like in Cham at his yeah. best he's, he's unplayable we spoke about it on the tactics board with Blair quite a lot there was a few questions in about what's his best position and what's the best mm. midfield for in Cham and what sort of player is he Um but I do think that I just I worry I mean I don't know I worry a wee bit that he's going to leave before we've seen the absolute best of Olivier and Cham it'd be a shame I think I think it's probably no doubt about that mm-hmm. to me I think um, three years is the absolute maximum we're going to get out yeah. of Cham and this will be his third season now if it comes to the end of the season he's, if he doesn't go in January he'll go at the end of the season and he, we probably won't see it won't be like a Dembele thing where he has proved beyond all reasonable doubt that he's far too good for this league yeah. and he simply has to move on to, to further his career like Tierney. 
but in Cham has been a wee bit kind of up and down. However, I, I do want to acknowledge that. I don't want to be too negative about him because I do want to acknowledge the fact that he was absolutely brilliant in the in the second half and was involved in the the turnaround of the game. Really, I don't mean turnaround as in Patrick Thistle were dominating or yeah. any of that. I just mean the, the turnaround from what was going to be a run of the mill victory mm. at one point to just an out and out route towards mm. the end. I mean, Celtic ended up having at the end seventy three percent possession, <laughs> right, uh, and seventeen shots on goal. Um, Tom Rogic, Melly. Yeah, it was good to see him get the goal. It was well worked down the left hand side. It was quite soon after half time, so that just sort of killed Partick yeah, Thistle there. And then we went down the left hand side. We cut back, and Rogic left foot steers at home. Typical Tom Rogic finish. You yeah. could, if you hadn't seen it, you could imagine exactly what it's like. And a lot of people didn't see it because there weren't no streams, were there? No, <laughs> there, there was absolutely no streams. No, and and, and that was in Cham, in Cham who went down the left, who yeah. ran from well inside his own. Uh, half and, and dribbled across and got it to Bayou who just kind of nudged it onto Rogic but the announcer didn't see it either because no. he, annu- he <laughs> announced he it watch an illegal stream? <laughs> he announced it as Bayou having oh, scored right. the single easy mistake to make Bayou <laughs> and Rogic are very very similar very surprised when I found out that it's only his second goal since Halloween now yeah, I appreciate I it yeah. has been injured a lot but as far as contributions go I know it's nearly a year just no. like two goals in a year something you associate with Tom Rogic is, is goals and big goals it's been a long time it's been it's been one of those unfortunate periods of Tom Rogic's career at this point it's been, it's been a wee bit unlucky he's obviously been injured a lot and um, a bit of a loss of form in the kind of early to mid point of last season so it's good to see him back and making a, a meaningful contribution now because He's a, again like in Chams that he's some player on his day. Yes, he's a brilliant player, but I just the worry about Tom Rogic is he doesn't play well when he doesn't get that proper break. Now we've seen it when he was away in international with Australia last year, and then he comes back. We didn't really see the best of him. He got injured as well. I'm pretty sure this summer is the Olympics, mm. right. so he's going to be away with that in pre season. He doesn't get much of a rest. Then he comes back into a team that's that's well into this season could be another difficult one for him I just don't see him going anywhere though because I don't really see Stephen like a Premier League club or even a Championship club or really any other top club no. taking a punt on a player who who you employ for the full year but only play, is available for one third of, of course, your games we've, we've talked about the stats in mm. relation to this as well I could maybe see him in Italy or Spain or something mm. like that so would, would, his technical ability would, would maybe fit in quite well uh, Germany perhaps but he's maybe not enough of an athlete for that either but I, had, I don't want to talk about uh, selling the guy when he's just back but yeah we just want to see more of him we want yeah. to see more of him at his work goal of the night in Cham it's, again it was just like it just, he just fancied it, it was yep. just, he, so, he had a wee sniff he thought oh, you know I, I can probably put it in the back of the net for here thunder bastard <laughs> see when you see it back as well it's so casual yeah. it just, like, it's not as if he's He's like summoned every ounce of his strength and absolutely rocketed it in. When you see the angle, the camera angle that's purely on in Cham, that doesn't follow the ball, it's just him. He just clips it. It's just it's a nice wee clip. Yards at least, he just clips it into the top corner, just puts it wherever he wanted it to go. And the the no celebration, which is absolutely brilliant. Now, no celebrations have been in the news quite a bit this oh, week, yes. for, thanks mean... to Charlie Nicholas oh, uh, having a go at on Ed Lab <laughs> for not. But one thing I hate the celebration polis at the best of times, but. 
I think that it kind of overlooks the fact that a non-celebration can be as good as a celebration oh. at times. It's not Cantona, I, the greatest I, yes, non-celebration ever. The best example I was going yeah. to come up with there is Chip against Sunderland. He just stood there and just took it all in. Just, just stood there godlike and let everybody worship him. And Cham did the exact same thing there. I really enjoyed uh, Odds and Edward hitting back on Twitter. Going, I'll celebrate it anywhere I like. <laughs> anywhere I, like. <laughs> I know, like, ludicrous. Uh, uh, you know what's most ludicrous about it? See when Celtic are playing football? Charlie Nicholas is in a Sky Sports studio. Yep. Are you <laughs> telling me he goes home on a Saturday night and watches sports uh, scene? He's probably not Celtic TV. Ach, he's uh, no seen Odds and Edwards score a goal apart from against Rangers. No, no, but in Cham, what a peach. It was very, well, different foot, but I think Tierney was a bit further out. I remember mm. we beat Kilmarnock yeah. 5-0 in a midweek, uh, this sort of round of the competition. I think it was a round before, actually. Kieran Tierney takes one of the left foot into the opposite corner and Cham right foot into this corner. And his second goal as well, down the left-hand side again, where we got a lot of joy. Johnny Hayes was good, and he gets it back. Another so great finish. If we hadn't have scored that one before, everybody would be raving about this goal. Yeah, edward Pinpoint yeah. right into the corner, off the post, behind the keeper, into the other post. Keeper didn't have a chance. It was just some great play again. It must be a frustrating, it must be a really frustrating player for Neil Lennon. Yeah. yeah, well, for many reasons, because now the debate is over, and we'll come on to it with the Hibs game, but it's, now the debate is over whether he's been shoehorned into the team. Mm. There are many facets to that. I don't think it's necessarily about Cham being shoehorned into the team. I think you do play in Cham if you can get him into the team, yeah. but it's maybe elsewhere that teams that players are being shunted around far too much to accommodate all the best players. It's something that's Neil Lennon quite likes, he did it at Hibs, he found just a formation that suited all of his best players and managed to make it work, but it's maybe not the same with, yeah. with Celtic. Again, we'll, we, can we can come talk on about this, yeah. that's, that's one thing I've always said, you know, that's, I'm a fan of Neil Lennon and that is, I think, what he's good at, he's yeah, good yeah. at finding a formation that works. Um, Eli Nussi came off, interesting, you were just talking about the scouting podcast there, Melly, one of the things that the our scout report picked up was that they thought Eli Nussi may struggle uh, to get into the Celtic team based on the fact that he might not actually be better than what we've got already mm. and over the I know it's only early days yeah. Stephen as you said Melly, but it's kind of looking that way because he, he he was substituted here for Scott Sinclair who looks as if he's been itching to get on that Celtic pitch since the start of the season he knows where the weights are kept okay, Scott Sinclair <laughs> the boy <laughs> is a unit honestly yeah. I've never seen it like it what a transformation to get on that Workout plan slash diet. <laughs> it was it was good as soon as it came on again. El Yunusi was pretty quiet, decent decent enough. But as you said, against Partick Thistle, you're looking for something more perfect night to maybe get your first goal. But Scott Sinclair just made that diagonal run across the defenders, was put through, and then a shot back across the keeper. Keeper got down well to save it, and I, I was gutted because I thought, oh, I'd love to see him scoring, but then. Then he does it. He just gets in that area. Remember you spoke about it, like getting around that six-yard area when the ball gets cut back and the rebound drops to him after we go down the right this time and he just puts it away. And it was a good, decent finish because there was defenders in the way. But if Charlie Nicholas wants to see celebrations, <laughs> then there's that. one from Scott Sinclair. Yeah. Absolute veins popping everywhere. The place absolutely erupted. Scott Sinclair went nuts. What a reception he got when he came on he, he as well. You want to see it because... You know, really, Scott Sinclair, Stephen, is a player that we should be able to rely on because he's an experienced player now. He's got a, a great CV. He's yeah. done a lot for the. He's done a lot for us. Just on the three players we've sort of been talking about in Cham, Rogic, and Sinclair, they're the ones that can have a great game and then have a really poor game. Mm. And as we know, Neil Lennon wants a hundred percent every week, and that's maybe the problem with these guys. If they're in the team every week, the performances 
maybe tend to dip, but whereas if they get a rocket put up them, lose their place, Scott Sinclair does something to prove this year. He went away and worked harder than I've seen in a long time, comes in, gets his goal, and now he's back in contention because he's probably ahead of El Yunusi, mm. judging by the weekend, and Mikey Johnson's back in training this week, but there's a good chance he could start in the next it, few games. I suppose, suppose, Stephen, it sort of touches on what you mentioned before. Like, How does Neil Lennon resolve his front four? Because Edward's definitely going to play. Yeah. James Forrest on his form is definitely going to play. Ryan Christie's definitely going to play. So where does that really leave space for Sinclair? Because well, he, he want, obviously wants to try and factor in Chaman in some way. On that point, what I would say about Sinclair is that despite the fact those players are all contributing more this mm. season... I still think Scott Sinclair is the best left wing of any of them. I agree, no, yeah, John, I agree James Forrest is a great player. We've talked about him endlessly this season, um, as is Ryan Christie, and you, you simply can't drop him. But it's like the Scotland thing. It's like, are, are you going to play a left back at left wing because you need those two players in? Is Andy Robertson the best left winger in the squad? He probably isn't. It's someone else. But it's kind of like this. It's like you're getting all your best players into the squad. But if you get the best left winger playing at left wing, uh, debatable for me having James Forrest in there. But on just on Scott Sinclair, Melly mentioned the reception he got, which was great to see because I started to wonder, we maybe talked maybe excessively about Scott Sinclair this, this season, or, how, or so it felt about how he wasn't in the team a lot and we'd, we seem to have kind of moved on without him, the, the squad, but... I started to wonder, like, are we just talking pish? Are, are we clinging on to Scott Sinclair and everybody else has moved on? Because yeah. you go on Twitter and people were people are saying, like, he's crap. Like, just, I know, just there's move far on. too much of that. But that's fine, right? I'm not saying those those opinions are invalid. You can think that way if you want. But I, I had started to wonder if we were maybe in the minority and we, like, people were just starting to forget about him and move on. But judging by that reception he got, the fans in the stadium certainly haven't given up on him, certainly haven't turned on him or anything like that and certainly don't consider him a busted flush that he would be as well punting. He's doing the right thing though, because yeah. all these videos of him training the gym looks, as we've discussed, he looks in absolutely incredible yeah. shape. Um, it's very unusual for a player at his stage of his career to change, the, you know, his yeah. physique and the shape in that in that sort of manner. We're looking at players not performing in those areas, like we we spoke about. Um, Lewis Morgan. Hmm. So all people really wanted, I think, was Scott Sinclair to get a chance. Got it against Partick Thistle, and. He, uh, he took it much, and like you said, maybe like Elianusi didn't. Yep, Elianusi. Maybe he's worrying about his place now. I'd probably say Sinclair's ahead of him, and possibly now Mikey Johnson's back training. He'll be considered ahead mm. of him, so it's time for him to step up as well. Look, the guy, the guy is not long in. He's played not even three full games yet, no. and he's not played a lot of football. It will take a bit of time for him, but time to shine, and that was a good chance. Him and Morgan. Possibly the only disappointments in the well, disappointment is a bit harsh, yeah. but again, Elianus he could have got a chance to get a goal. Lewis Morgan never looked at like scoring, and another thing I noticed is he'd whip in crosses, but he's not even looking up before he whips them in. So it's just an aimless ball into the box, right over which, the back usually. Yeah, yeah. It, it was no good. And although we did have bio in there, his his instructions might be to get it in early because Fissel are so deep, but. If you're not looking up, it's just a hit and hope, really. Yeah, I would like to say about El Yunusi as well, he hasn't been bad, he just hasn't no, no. really impressed so far. That I would like to go back and say that he set up a goal within four minutes of his debut and was within a whisker of scoring against Wren, which would have been a really important goal. So it has been there or thereabouts, it's maybe just not quite clicked for him, and nor really should we expect it to within... Yeah, four games. I mean, everyone, I mean, I, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't sit here a couple of weeks ago and 
admonish you for not giving <laughs> Bolingoli the due time well, yeah, to settle yeah, in. Yeah, and meanwhile, throwing Elianusi under the bus when he's had even less game yeah. time. So that's it. Um, have you been taking antibiotics? Not recently. Uh, no. I think you better stock up because I believe you did say a couple of weeks ago the only time we're going to see Jack Hendry back in a Celtic shirt <laughs> is if there's some sort of... Some sort of flesh-eating virus or something. Yeah, rips through the squad and uh, off went Fling Pong. We'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. But Jack Hendry came back on to rapturous applause, oh. much like Zinkler. Yeah, oh yeah, the place exploded. <laughs> his, his first involvement since February at all. Um, it's really strange to see him back. I know, we again, we talked about it this at the time, in the car. Uh, it, there really isn't anyone else, but... To me, it seemed quite confusing to bring someone like Jack Hendry back because really it kind of gets people thinking about him. It gets people, oh, is he back? Is he in bank contention? When really, was it maybe just not a chance to give like a like a 20-year-old like like 10 minutes at the end? I maybe like, I know Leo Connor is just in the door and he, he played he played for the development squad, I think. Yeah, he played the day before, uh, Tuesday it was. I don't want to overthink it. It really was just a cameo appearance from Jack Hendry, but I did think it was quite strange to use him yeah, uh, when really he's not going to play going forward. But I know it was out of necessity, yeah. but again, really, you could have given someone else maybe just a wee run out. <laughs> again, I feel like I'm being really harsh on Jack Henry. I just feel like, why bother Aye. at this, at this <laughs> that's, point? That's very harsh. <laughs> I know I said, I feel like I'm being harsh, but I tried to walk back from being harsh, and then I said, why bother? <laughs> he's a pointless human, <laughs> is what you call them. Uh, well, let's talk about the man of the moment, the boy of the moment, the guy that Jack Henry replaced. Jeremy Frimpong, uh, making his Celtic debut, winning man of the match. Um, he was absolutely terrific up and down that wing. Yep, he was it's just youth enthusiasm. As we spoke about, that pace is pretty devastating. Every chance he can get to go forward, he goes forward. He's very comfortable on the ball. Growing up at Man City, probably yeah. being changed from a midfielder to a right back is going to get that. The only thing that will maybe hold him back is his height, but the rest of the back three are all quite tall. He was just what you wanted to see. It was everything you d- hoped and dreamed of. <laughs> After watching him on uh, Wise Scout at the start of the season, I was like, this boy has a lot of potential and they see it in his first game, just go in there and really be a class above a lot of players. He was absolutely yeah. brilliant. I said on the way to the game as well, I said, look, guys like that being in the team really make it worth your while yeah. going to these midweek games where it might be a bit of a walkover. You're going to have, you expect to beat Patrick Thistle handily. So to turn up and it's just a, a standard 11 that is maybe like unchanged from the previous game that's not what you want to see you want a wee bit of freshness in there you want to see something you've never seen before and it came in the shape of Jeremy Frimpong and I was really impressed it, it, it was one of those ones that maybe bordered on over excitement at times he got forward an awful lot and he was maybe taking on one man too yeah. many but of incredibly fast there was one brilliant moment in a game where he came back after I think he might have even won the corner or thrown quite high up, but he came back to cover Kenny Miller on the halfway line because he's probably the fastest player on the team. And Kenny Miller got the ball, took it down, and tried to outrun him. So he put it past Frimpong and tried to run on the other That's side. Of him. That's bold. No, he just <laughs> Frimpong just put on the afterburners and outpaced him within about point four of a second. It was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> the guy's took less than half his age, man. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so he is horrendous. <laughs> It's good, yeah. to see, good to see him play no part as well. It's obviously uh, a, a Partick Thistle. My Partick Thistle correspondent compiled a dossier for me oh, going right, in this yeah. game, but he, he mentioned Kenny Miller before. He said he's obviously still like, one of their danger men. He's one of their better players, mm. but only because he comes from a higher level than they can... Scored at the weekend yeah, in a victory at Inverness. That's, that's a decent result for the Jags. He has scoring goals for them, but he said the problem is that 
he's nearly 40 and he still plays like he's 18. Yeah. He still thinks he can outrun everybody and he yeah. can just out-fitness everybody. It's not going to be the case forever. And trying to take on an 18-year-old for pace <laughs> at Celtic Park was, was lunacy. Fair, fair play to him for trying, but nah, not today. It was a... You- Touched on the f- enthusiasm of Frimpong there. Is uh, did, you, did you catch his interview after the oh, game? Oh, he was wee guy happy. He was, he was, he was wee guy happy. You're right. He <laughs> was like Chris Bungard the time he got to do the halftime draw. That's how happy yeah. he was. <laughs> he was buzzing about the atmosphere. He was buzzing about getting man of the match. He was buzzing about making his debut. He just there was and you're just that's brilliant. That is what you like yeah. to see. That was absolutely sensational. So Celtic, we pumped Celtic as a five now, yes. and we progressed to play Hibs in the cup. Really looking forward to this half five kickoff on a Saturday night. Geez, that I know. Elvino, well, we got a preview of that up and coming cup tie as we went to Easter Road on Saturday, where we dropped our first points of yeah. the league season. Stephen, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, a little bit of a, a disappointing game, really. Um, these games are crony- are going to come along. You can't win them all all nope. season, but then maybe it was just a little bit of a very flat, wasn't it? Yeah, a, a bit of a damp squid. <laughs> a damp squid. Um, referee aside, Melly, we'll talk about him later because he had an absolute <laughs> horror show. Stevens, mate. Uh, uh, Clancy. Uh, we weren't really up to much, were we? No. no. Look, Hibbs got the goal uh, early on in the first half, and it gave them something to cling on to. They've not really had that recently. They haven't been playing well. They've lost four out of six. They did get through in the cup, but it was on yeah. penalties. Once they got the goal, and it look, it was a a fluke goal. It was pure scaffy. Yeah. And once they get in front, they've got something to hang on to, yeah. and we just have to break them down. But Celtic pretty disappointing. We made a couple of changes. Bauer came in, and, and Cham comes in. And ball and golly, and ball and golly back yeah. in. But it just didn't. It didn't look very. It was. I just thought it was disjointed. Then uh, Cham was in the sort of number ten position. Christie moved out wide. Forrest on the other side. And I just thought it was all too narrow. Everything was too narrow. We do they two cutting inside from the wings and Cham in there, and then the fullbacks just didn't get forward for me enough. And I don't know we scored from Bauer putting the ball across, and Bauer could have had a penalty. But I just thought him and Bongoli. They should have been overlapping more and getting yeah, down yeah, in the full back areas to cause Hibs problems. I just don't feel we done it. It just all seemed disjointed to me. And Cham came in, Stephen, um, and there was a lot of talk before the game about how how do you fit in Cham into the Celtic team? Now, I was personally of the opinion that I think Cham's got a great final ball. I think when he's in the mood, he's a great player. Yeah, I like to see him in that sort of number 10 position. That means Ryan Christie goes out wide. Again, I don't really have a problem with that because I think Ryan Christie's intelligent enough to pick up space where it exists yeah. and, and that sort of bore out by the by his goal. You know, he crops up in the six-yard box and heads it in the back. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ryan Christie isn't completely ineffective when he's on the right as well. I yeah. spoke earlier in the season about how I'd noticed that he's quite fond of drifting out right and then pinging balls over to the far side of the box. We've got one that was quite nice against Sarajevo and then got a goal from it a, a couple of games later so he's not completely ineffective I don't think it's his best position though I don't, th- I don't think it's his best position by a mile um, as I started saying earlier it does take two really excellent players and just dilute them just about 30% mm, yeah. and him and Forrest are the same. they're not bad in these games they're just not as good as they possibly could be due to them being shunted around a wee bit the debate is over whether Incham is being shoehorned into the team but I could really 
really he's just the odd man out because he doesn't play every single game. Yeah. You could point to anyone and say that person has been shoehorned into the team. You could point to McGregor or Brown, maybe even Forrest and Christie. It just depends how you want to play. There's a case to be made for any one of those being able to drop out depending on how you want to play in Cham and Christie. So I don't really think it's just it's either in Cham or it's not in Cham. It's either in Cham, you stick Christie out in the right. I, I don't think it's just a case of playing him or not. I think there are other ways to get him into the team than we're currently seeing. Would, how, so how would how would you? You're Neil, and you've got all the. You're, I mean, it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches, really. That he's yeah. got. A, he's got. A, it's a good problem to have. He's not scrambling about for good players. He just seems to be has too many good players. He wants all on the pitch at the same time. <laughs> well, that's a problem, I suppose, <laughs> isn't it? When you've got a big squad and you've got a good squad, it is difficult to to keep everyone satisfied, and especially when you've got players of the ability of Encham and, and Christian Forrest and all that, trying to get them into the same team. Is McGregor worth a couple of games out? He's not really been in top form. Again, I, I really I, I love McGregor. He's, yeah. he's an absolutely brilliant and he, he performs so many different functions. But he's looked a wee bit leggy at times in certain games. Christie, I don't think, was great against Hibs. Now, this is hindsight. Obviously, I wouldn't have dropped Christie going into the Hibs game at all. But I would m- maybe look more at McGregor and Brown not having to play every single game than I would that in Cham just kind of get into the team I'd be honestly more inclined to drop Scott Brown right yeah. because well, I, I think Scott Brown in there is the one that hamstrings McGregor yeah maybe you know yeah. and McGregor has to I, I, I feel kinder that McGregor has to keep one eye over his shoulder just checking that, that everything's kind of okay with Scott Brown and giving Scott Brown an option so you know I sound like Neil Lennon you want all the technicians <laughs> in the team here but yeah. you know tell me how this sounds in Cham and McGregor instead of Brown and McGregor in, in there and then you've got Forrest, Christie, Sinclair and Edward. The thing I said on the way to the Thistle game to Melly was that I really like the look of that midfield. It's a, re- a really dynamic and very talented midfield mm-hmm. with Rorogic, McGregor and Encham in there. When we use the word drop, I'm keen to point out that we don't mean forever. Yeah, it's yeah. not like an ultimate thing. Well, you, you drop Scott Brown, what? so that's it, it's over. Yes. The, old, the old team on the scrap heap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not that at all. I just mean for certain for certain games. We I'm sick of saying it now, he can't play every single game and nor should he. So I don't, I, I'm going a wee bit too far down the road with this. I, don't, I didn't really want to focus on it quite so much, but I just think that it's not really... I see a lot of it that Encham has been shoehorned into the team mm. and that and that's what ruins everything. I think you do try to get a player like Encham into your team as much as possible at someone of that talent, but I appreciate that we do have a lot of good players. Uh, see, for me, I think Encham has been shoehorned because Encham goes in, which means two other players have to switch positions and I don't see why. Look, I could see the reasoning behind it going into that game. Hibs are really poor in midfield. They've got Scott Allen in front of two and they have looked soft all yeah. season with Marlon and Josh Vela in there and teams are running through their midfield. They've not got that Milligan anymore. Have they They've only not won got, one? What they only... They've won uh, somewhere in the open day of the season mm. and uh, they lost four. So they don't have Milligan, they don't have Marvin Bartley. So I thought if Celtic could win the midfield battle, that's fine. Christie, I prefer him inside, but him being out wide and Forrest on the other side, not the best, but Hibs were really yeah. on poor form going into this. I thought we should have had the players in midfield to be able to deal with them. I thought if we won the midfield battle, we should win the game, but it just didn't turn out that way. And for me, it's either in Cham in central midfield at the expense of one of the other three central midfielders. Yeah. You don't then put Christie out wide because we've we've got Forrest on the right and out on the left now. Say well, El Yunusi 
deserves a shot. You could say Scott Sinclair now deserves a shot. And we get Mikey Johnson yep. the way back. So there's options out there. So it's three out of four for me in the central midfield. Well, three out of five in Rogic and in Cham probably don't deserve to be ahead of the other three. Scott Brown didn't start during the week. Hips yeah. away. You play Scott Brown. You do. So I don't he, had right good, he had a right good battle with Scott Allen. Didn't, didn't wasn't win it. Yeah, he didn't win time. it. Yeah. Um, Scott Allen was good. Um, but I can I just say on Scott Allen? Can we all stop doing cartwheels every time the boy, the boy <laughs> just plays the ball into space? See, he doesn't uh, play a Tamani, he plays it into space, and everyone's like, oh my, what, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> I joked recently uh, about how we're still talking about that ball he played against Ajax four years ago. <laughs> less than two minutes were on the clock. Watching it back on Celtic TV, less than two minutes were on the clock before Tom Boyd mentioned it. Oh, did he? <laughs> remember, that, remember that pass he played four years ago in, in Europe, bro? See, just a final thing on the Encham thing. I think... I think Melly and I are making ultimately the same point in diff- slightly yeah. different ways. I think we'd, it's, yes, Incham going in moves two players into less than ideal positions, but you can get all of those players in if you moved someone else. It's only because we're looking at McGregor and Brown as mm. unmovables that, that Incham becomes the, the kind of, as I said, the odd, the odd one out in the in that midfield. But just for this specific game, I do agree that uh, Scott Brown. How about this for played. an idea? Now bear with me. Cham and Brown in midfield. Right, I know what you're thinking. Where's McGregor going to play? Yeah, left, left back. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so we mentioned him. Scott Allen played it into space. Uh, wow! And <laughs> in, uh, in the lead up to their to their first goal, um, it was it was sloppy for us though, wasn't it, Melly? Yeah, the, the the whole goal. Look, it is a bit of a fluke. It goes in yeah. wrong footed first, and it's a deflection. But we just it, it looked very sloppy. Ball and goal is caught far up, so. Iron Julian, the line's no very good. It looks slightly offside, but I Marginally, never, yeah, I never right. noticed that at the game. To be fair, it was right in front of me. Guy takes a shot and just, I just didn't cover himself in glory. You've just got to face that up. Don't turn your back. Yeah, you know? it was just, it's one of those goals. It's probably early in the match. A couple of minutes later on, ten minutes later, it maybe doesn't happen, but it just trickled in and. As I said, it just gave something for Hibs to hold on to. Now, we get the goal back. It was a decent goal. But after that, it wasn't as if we carved them open no. plenty of times. I thought we were better in the first half than we were in the second half. And as we get into the second half, the substitutions just didn't affect the game in the right way. I thought they were detrimental more than anything else. Um Celtic were awarded a free kick of, of sorts. <laughs> Bauer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just slipped really it was a really strange one I think Kevin Clancy took a lot of I mean, he's, a, he's a nightmare Kevin he Clancy an absolute, he's a bully victim he took a lot of them. Um, he, he took a lot of so I was him bullying him but <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're unaware that that reference was uh, he played like under 10s or something with my brother who's actually a cracking keeper and uh, he was uh, he, I don't know how he ended up being a ref just must have turned bitter all, <laughs> along the way but, uh, he, he is an absolute nightmare Kevin Clancy but he took a lot of cop-out calls, so anything that he thinks he can get away with, he'll yeah. just blow for something that's an easy decision. So if Bird goes down in his own box, well, that's a free kick. Dead easy. Everyone's happy with that. There was never a foul in a million years. No. No, no it, didn't, it didn't touch him. Both players just fell over, and that's what started getting things a wee bit heated on the touchline. Mm-hmm. From that point, Forrest was clearly fouled on the halfway lane. There yeah. was no doubt about that. That, that was a clear foul. But what sort of exacerbated the, the ill feeling around the game was that the ref didn't do anything for maybe a few seconds. He yeah. just let it go and then blew for a free kick 
which looked like he was going to give a drop ball. Yes, it looked as if he'd called it back for an injury that he wasn't <laughs> that needed tended to, but it, but then gave the free kick. Celtic played on from the free kick. Hibs fans start booing. The manager starts cracking up on the sideline. All hell breaks loose just because of in, refereeing indecision. And then he didn't. He there wasn't very indecisive. He wasn't very indecisive when it came to sending the Hibs manager off. <laughs> no. I quite like this that managers keep yellow and red cards. Yeah, now. Paul kicking bottles uh, <laughs> sent to the stand there, <laughs> which is ludicrous in the, itself as well, isn't it's, it? Because it's it was, second nickname in as many uh, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was definitely accidental. Uh, uh, but you know the referee has to make a show of these things. Um, yeah, Clancy had an absolute nightmare. Falling on for the Celtic goal, it was just disaster after disaster. Two stonewall penalties as well, mm, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, denied to Celtic. Yep, we get the goal. Bauer goes down the right-hand side and for once it was a good cross in. Not just him, but mm. uh, said he didn't get forward enough, but he got forward in that one. He got forward when he, he should have got the penalty. It was a good header from Christie. That's what yep. I want. If the fullback's going in, I want the winger getting into the box, getting into goal-scoring positions. And I felt once we got that goal, that's it. We're back, back to normal. Yeah. Hibbs managers away. They lost the other centre half had to go off, and Stephen Whitaker came on as a makeshift centre half. So it looked like Celtic should go on and win the game, but it just didn't pan out. Like that it was the referee it was just indecision. There was cheap free kicks being being given away. He booked Bauer. He booked Ayer. Brown, McGregor, and it just meant... Quick succession. Was there on about 10 minutes either side of half-time? There was about six bookings. It just meant in midfield, if Hibs were breaking away, we couldn't then foul them for the fear of getting sent off. It just seemed to blow the whistle quickly and break up play constantly, which we couldn't get a rhythm going. And that's exactly what Hibs wanted, so it played right into their hands. But there was just... It was a a fiery game, but... it was because of the referee, yeah, not because yeah. of the everybody challenges. Everybody was getting a bit... Uh, that's a good exercise, Stephen, in the referee losing control of the game because everyone was getting pissed off with terrible refereeing decisions. We and saw it against Wren recently as yeah, well. Yeah. It all just went to shit. It basically just all kind of fell apart. In the we kind of benefited from one, though, I suppose you could say, in my opinion, because Chan was probably lucky to stay on. Yeah, yeah, to the, to the letter of the law, it probably should have gone. And that's exactly what I was talking about with Clancy just a minute ago. It was a cop-out decision. He... And Cham was entirely the aggressor there. He picked up the ball, Charles State for the guy, buzzed into him, shoved him a couple of times and then pushed him kind of in the throat. Um, it's the hand... See, when you're doing anything with your hand, putting your hands to someone's face or their throat... You're, you're asking you're ba- for a decision. You're asking for the referee to say, lucky Jeff. Kevin Clancy didn't take it. You mean he shut um, the bed? Yeah, <laughs> he shut the, the bed. And the cop-out decision came that he just... He went, well, I can get away with just booking both players. Yeah. This looks like a situation where I can just book two, both players and get away with it. And that's exactly what he did. On Hibbs' goal, obviously, that, that's when everything... Uh, sorry, Celtic's goal. That's when everything kicked off in the touch lines. But see, Hibbs managed to get back into their defensive shape. The ball was out on the touch line uh, towards Bauer for quite a long time, maybe a few seconds, and Sam played it out quite wide. Bauer had to circle back around. By which point, Hibbs did have their back forward back in place yeah. and a couple of midfielders Aye, in the box. Like, Aye, so he? they were back into their shape. It's not as if they get caught completely cold on it. They just didn't mark. They just didn't bother marking Christie when the ball came in. Play at the whistle, as they, yeah, say. That's it. <laughs> as they say. Half-time comes and goes. Um, how many bookings have been notched up by this point? Yeah, from, from 39, leading up to half-time, then the 10 minutes afterwards, so like, well, five minutes afterwards, from 39 to about 50, I think there were about six bookings, I think. There was four in quick succession for Celtic. I think, as you said, it was Ayer, McGregor, Brown. It was all one. I thought Brown was... I thought that was a wee bit harsh, to be honest. He touched... Alan's hip a wee bit as he it was a really lovely touch from Alan as he spun away from Brown and then went to break 
Brown just kind of tapped him in the yeah. hip and, and it, look, it probably was a booking McGregor's one was quite a smart booking because Hibs were breaking yeah, away yeah. Ayers won again was silly he's trying to win balls diving into challenges the sort of just past the halfway line, like just stand the guy up. You don't need are to you, win the ball. Are you worried about Ayers' form? There's a lot of chat at the moment about about Christopher Ayers' form. No, I just think it's silly bookings that he doesn't need to make. And if he doesn't make that challenge, it makes the rest of his game easier because he's not worried about making that challenge. But Celtic are getting there's cards flying about willy nilly. But Scott <laughs> Allen had about eight fouls or something before he, he get booked. It's just frustrating things yeah. like that. But they're breaking up play. Even the as well, Scott Allen quite a lot, yeah. And we are getting booked for it. But look, Celtic referee aside should have had enough to win that game. And I just thought the substitutions were strange. Firstly, and Cham comes off for Johnny Hayes. Why is Johnny Hayes all of a sudden getting put on at left wing? Yeah, it, but especially after... I thought that was peculiar because I thought... I thought Cham was the one to take off. Yeah. But I thought... Sinclair's a guy to bring on. Exactly. Uh, I thought that was this obvious and simple choice. The only thing I, I said in my match, I'd have maybe taken Bongo off. For me, he didn't get forward enough. And when he did, he was taking the easy option and going inside. Did you see his Martin Waghorn moment? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> he took took about three touches and dribbled it straight away of play. Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that affected his confidence. But he wasn't. we weren't getting enough for him down that side. And when Johnny Hayes comes on, he goes out left, Forrest goes out right. But if you're doing that, you need to bring on Johnny Hayes and Bio. So you've got Johnny Hayes and Forrest crossed yeah. it in for somebody. Yeah. Whereas we didn't have that. Then when Scott Sinclair comes on, he he did all right running at players. We didn't have MD taking on players, running at players, trying to make something happen. But that means we've Lennon snookered himself because he's got Johnny Hayes on. So he has to take off James Forrest. Put Johnny Hayes, which means we've got another two wingers who both cut inside and our full backs aren't getting beyond. And then when we bring on Bayo, I mean, if I maybe take off a centre half or a midfielder and go two up top, but it's like for like with Edward. And I'd always leave Edward on well, because he can get that last minute winner, the, the he can th- get a goal out of nothing. And that's the thing. I think by the time Sinclair came on, the game was almost done. It was like 85 minutes he yeah, comes I think on. It was, yeah. The problem with Bayo is, like you say, he's. I worry that Bayo is. Being treated a bit like a blunt instrument, we just we're just flinging mm. balls up to him. He never he doesn't come short and link up the way Edward does. He doesn't really ever get the ball played into feet and take a man on. Vacuum the alternative bio. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's just Vacuum's just, just been completely dropped. Yeah, it's, it's just, just bio. bio. Yeah. So it's it's just bio, like Prince. <laughs> like so we're just flinging balls up to him, and he had he had a couple of decent chances. He had an overhead kick out from yeah. absolutely nowhere, which the technique on that was tremendous. He'd one nice one, but he bought himself a wee bit of space. He did all the hard yeah. work. He, he moved away for a couple of defenders, then absolutely levered yeah, it miles was, over the bar. Yeah. yeah, and that's the sort of thing you're looking at that, and you're going, yeah. Edward wouldn't would he make that mistake? Mm. We had a lot of chances like that with bio one. There was Ryan Christie took one off his head. I thought he was quite greedy. He did a lot of pot shots from him and just blazed them over. It was Gary I was at the game with. He said to Christie's been a bit greedy today with yeah. Johnny Hayes sort of leaning back and having a half volley over. Scott, I think Scott Brown had one as well. We just lacked that bit of quality in the final third to break him down. That, that right pass, that right attempt. We were just snatching at things a lot of the time. And it just it just wasn't working for us. There was a lot of aimless balls into the box. And considering Stephen Whitaker was one of the centre halves, we right. should have worked them more. He seems, the to be, he seems to be rebuilding again, by the way. Is he? <laughs> <Does> he <laughs> <say>? <laughs> um, 
On Christy, I've joked a couple of weeks ago about how he seems to have something with Lennon, which is at best an agreement, at worst a bet going on with these <laughs> shots, by the way. Got like tone that down a Shoot bit. on sight. Aye, absolutely. I think on Johnny Hayes, right? I'm not, I'm not criticising Johnny Hayes at all. I think he's been good. And he was actually all right against Hibs. Right. It's just, it's just, as you were describing, it's just the way he connects with the rest of the team that, that wasn't really working. It's like his individual performance was actually okay. It's just what he did to the team. Like the, it doesn't really join things tactically when mm. he comes on. What I worry about Johnny Hayes and worry about Lennon's view on Johnny Hayes is he is now settling into trusted lieutenant yeah. material now and he kind of gets brought on for every occasion in every position. And what I was saying about near Beaton at the start of the season, I don't want to see that. I don't want that for any of the players to be just thrown on in any position and just sort of, well, he's my guy, he's my trusted guy, away out there and perform. He's not going to be the guy for these for every occasion, Johnny Hayes, there I, are better I, options. The thing about Johnny Hayes, Melly, is I, I, you would be hard pushed to convince me that for every position he comes on, there's not a better player on the mm-hmm. team. Yeah, that's exactly it. Look, Johnny Hayes, he obviously works hard. He's probably a good guy to have about. Happy for him to be the backup. Very good to, teammate. Yep, happy for him to be the backup for bowling goalie. But if he hadn't scored that goal at Ibrox, would he even get a sniff yesterday? Mm. I looked at that bench and I thought, right, firstly get Sinclair on. If it's not going to be Sinclair, we'll put on El Yunusi. If it's going to be Bio coming on, you can maybe put Edward out left. I would have never thought first first sub you put on Johnny Hayes. No. I think Tom Rogic would have been on before him. I just didn't think it made any sense unless you were taking off Bolingoli, putting Hayes on at left back to try and get some more yeah. wood from the fullbacks. Well, maybe we didn't get much out of the fullbacks, but Bauer should have had a stonewall penalty. Yeah. Much like the one Izagiri against Aberdeen at Pataudry and Boxing Day. Gets in the cross but gets absolutely cleaned out. Linesman on that side as well and nothing's done about it. See on that, right, I don't really understand what the ruling is because, as you say, the ball had already been Aye. played and then he's fouled, right? Fine, if the referee is looking at it as, as in, right, he's already played the ball so the, the passage of play is now passed. He's no longer interfered, whatever the case may be, right? But who's to say that he wouldn't have played a better ball had yeah. he not been about to just be clattered? He's, he's obviously snatched at a cutback instead of picking his cross because he's about to be cleaned out less than a second later. So Somebody about Canier probably would have held on to the ball when you see the defender closing in and yeah. just, just hold on to it and, course, yeah. and get clattered. But We could have the other penalty for Christie, but again, these games, it was one of those days where we're not going to win every game. We didn't play terribly, but maybe these games are decided by a bit of magic or scraping it because we've seen Rangers go to St Mirren and Kilmarnock and get late goals yeah, yeah. out of nothing, really. What I was disappointed in was, again, set-piece delivery. Bauer throw-ins. We all know we can throw it for miles, yet we didn't throw Ayer or Julian up to the very last minute to get on the end of them, cause a bit of chaos in there. And the set piece delivery from Ryan Christie again was abysmal. The corners were floaty, floaty, balls to the back post. It just, just no use to end it. We seem to not work on our set piece delivery. It seems to be reliant. It's more the, we might not work on it, but it's more the execution than the. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the Ryan Christie is we seem to rely a lot on the delivery of the player, whereas. You think you'd be saying, well, why don't we try something different? Why don't we try going short? Why don't we drill it low? Why don't we work on something where one player comes in and, you yeah. know, but we just go, right, you're right. 
what we do is we say, Ryan, you cross it into the box, and we seem to work on, like, we do the love train or whatever. It, it, <laughs> but for, for all of these things to yeah. work, you need a good delivery, yeah. and we, we don't seem to have that. The corners in particular, we have a bit of success from the kind of point of the box, the kind of corner of the box on the left-hand side, just clipping in crosses, mm. because that's how Bayer scored. I've had a few goals from that recently, but the corners just don't seem to really yeah. be getting any better. And, and think, we, know, we, should, we should acknowledge that, Almost no corners result in a direct goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But however, you, you want to get it. You want to get it in the mix. Yeah, Julian should have scored in this game as well. Mm-hmm. It was a, that was a, a defender's header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a header from about four or five yards out. It came off his shoulder. You expect a guy like that to be a wee bit more, wee bit more clinical. I know he's he's getting in the right positions, but you want a guy like that to be to be bulleting that right in. You sent me a Coach Crum Fraser Foster fact at the weekend, <laughs> yes. where uh, the last time. <laughs> Fraser Foster played at Easter Road. Celtic won 4-0. Big Virgil scored that peach a free kick. Chris mm-hmm. Commons got a double and Timo Puke, Premiership Superstar scored. Never happened to all those guys. <laughs> but that was actually the last time Celtic won in the league at Easter no. Road. We, we it's didn't mad, win. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, they were out of the league for what, two two seasons? Yeah, even that though, that's still it's still five attempts, which is quite a lot for yeah. a team with Celtic. Brendan Rogers had what four of them? Yeah. Uh well, three of them. Uh, Lennon drew 0-0 at the end of last season and we won in the cup fair enough James Forrest got the goal but it shouldn't have really it should have been a variable winnable match the way Hibs were going into the game they're not on form we'd managed to rest all our players at the weekend it was a bit of an opportunity missed because again next week we go away to Livingston plastic pitch anything could happen couldn't it and it was a good chance to get six points ahead of Rangers before they played in the afternoon but Look, you can't win every game. It's an away no. game at Hibs. You'd rather draw that than be beaten by Rangers. So we, we've won one of the tougher games. I, I mean, like I say, I'm not going to get my knickers in the twist about this. I was, I was watching with interest the fallout from Neil Lennon dropping his first points, and I've got to admit, it wasn't that bad. You know, most people were sort of saying you, you, nobody's expecting everyone to win every game. Rangers no. went on. And smashed Aberdeen, who by all accounts were awful, and they got <laughs> and they get two penalties to help yeah. them along the way. So that's the difference. We get two not back. They get two. If we had to got one of those penalties, you've no doubt Ryan Christie will step up and score it, wouldn't you? So, so we drop points. What's the what's our lead cut to now? The table? One point. One, one point. point. And after these, I think it's only a couple of goals in it now as well. Yeah. The, the goal difference was prior to this pretty handy, but it's been cut dramatically because of their win over a hapless Dons. Oh, aye, ha- absolutely <laughs> hapless is the word. So we move on to another European adventure this Thursday. Yes. It is a chance to get some revenge on Cluj. Stephen, big, big, big European night at Celtic wanted. Yes, it is. And it's a, a good opponent to get for a number of reasons. There's obviously a little bit of very recent history there. Mm-hmm. That was just in August. It seems like ages ago now, though. It yeah. seems like years ago we played Cluj. It seems like an altogether different team back then. It's going to be different this time. Uh, Celtic have come on a good bit since then. I think we were all a little bit, <laughs> judging by the reactions that we recorded immediately after the game, we are all slightly unsure of the, the Lenny revolution. Things are a bit different now. The team's very different. The The takeaway story from that night was how Julian and Bolingoli didn't yeah. play. There were 10 million worth of defenders mm. sitting on the bench. Neil Lennon has since explained that, I think quite recently, just in the last couple of days, he's explained that Julian wasn't ready. And I'm perfectly happy to yeah. take his word on that. If he just didn't fancy him for the game, then that's absolutely fine. It's all very well going with what we know now, that he's a very good defender. But if he just hadn't settled in at that point, then that's absolutely, absolutely fair enough. It's unfortunate because we could have done with both of those guys that night, obviously, but there's no sense in looking back now. We've got a chance to put things right 
as much as as much as we can possibly can. Obviously, can't get the Champions League back, but we can get three points here, which is which is about as best as we can expect. Um, the the thing with Cluj is they're clearly not a bad team. They're yeah, because I, I was just about to say, what is the the TMT Europa League promise? We're not going to underestimate any no, opponent in, in Cluj. You know, after only one game, admittedly, they are sitting top of this table. Yeah, and they, they beat Celtic, of course, beat Celtic at Celtic Park. They are top of their own league, and the, you'd be tempted to say, I but it was just a fluke result against Celtic, and the Romanian league's dead easy. But if you take those two flukes, they've since beaten Lazio as yeah. well. So these flukes are starting to mount up, and it's maybe more evidence that they're not, the, not quite the mugs that were suggested Dan Petrescu is obviously a, a canny uh, operator Celtic are no mugs either mainly because oh, no. you know we got a really good result at Wren Wren were a good yeah. side Celtic yep. could have won that game yeah I, I would, don't know if anybody thinks Wren, Wren uh, close your mugs it was just that was a winnable game from Celtic yeah. that Celtic sort of cost themselves yeah. but you know that old saying, Stephen? Revenge is a dish best served under the disco lights. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good feeling about That's this one, famous. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that one a few times before, <laughs> right? So, so why, why do you, why, why have you got a good feeling, Melly? I just think the team will want to put this right. I want, I think they'll want to show that it was was a bit of a fluke. Look, we didn't, we did a lot of mistakes. It was our own downfall, really. Didn't yeah. we? we cost ourselves the game? As Scott Brown, he's since come out and say he just. They didn't know what happened. It's just one of those things that happens in football and you can't explain it. One of those things that happens when he's conceded three penalties, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a lot. That was the first one, wasn't <laughs> it? That was the first right. one. So it's just one of those games where just we get in front and then shoot ourselves in the foot time and time again. I think now we've got a more settled team. Different uh, keeper as well. Yeah, we've we got Foster, yeah. we've got El Hamid, Julian Bongoli. The defence has pretty much all changed. We've got a settled midfield up front, Edward's banging in the goal. So if we can go into this, I think we'll do well. And it's a good chance to get four points on the board, probably go top of the group. And then after this, we've got another home game. We don't want to look too far ahead, no. but it's a very good chance against the the worst seed in the team uh, in the group. So I've got a good feeling Thursday night, getting into October now, it's getting that we sort of nippy at the, the night games. This is Celtic Park under the lights is what you want. And, I think it's going to be rocking. Stephen, Celtic really, really <laughs> went for that there, didn't I? <laughs> Almost accusatory. Um, big nights under the lights at Celtic Park. That is really what Celtic are, are famous for, these big European nights. When when was the last one? When, were they, when, did, when would you think they had the last? Man? Leipzig was good. Leipzig yeah, was yeah, good course, last yeah. season. You're like, Leipzig was good. Sort of had a few through the ages. If I was to say to you, Stephen, I want you to pick one one performance from back in the day that you could replicate on Thursday night and know you're not all in Barcelona <laughs> right. uh, because that's the one Neil Lennon would definitely pick <laughs> what would you go for? well funny you should ask because <laughs> as we record this it is the 30th of September and on this very day there's a couple that I would like to throw to particularly the home one though the reason I, I would throw to these games is because it, it's any chance any excuse at all to talk about Henrik Larson yeah. and I'm of course talking about at home to Leon 2-0 in 2003 mm. um, what's that 2003 I know one of his best performances and he didn't even score D- didn't he score little slug <laughs> pathetic no he <laughs> was absolutely sensational in this game obviously laid on both goals for Chris Sutton and Liam Miller yep. both headers and both crosses we one, missed a penalty that night yeah Alan Thompson. Thompson missed a penalty um, 
the 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 cross the assist for Liam Miller was absolutely sensational. It was, last time was fond of that. He would drift out left and do a little bit of skill and cut inside and just drop it onto someone's head. But again, I had just one of the best performances that you've ever seen from a striker that didn't include any goals. I, I looked back at some of the match reports. He got nine out of ten. He was yeah. one of the matches despite from not getting on the score sheet. Leon were absolutely no joke. Some of the the best players of the time. So one of my best, my favourite players of all time, Juninho. Juninho, not that one, the good one. Um, yeah, and Dorisu, Vikas Dorisu oh, yes. was playing as well. Some absolutely top names in there. There was another one though. Uh, again on this day, 1999, so 20 years ago to the day, Larson scored against Hapoel Tel Aviv to send them through uh, under John Barnes, and he scored all three goals in the double-legged tie. <laughs> Who did we get in the next round? Leon. Leon, of course oh. it was. It's all coming full circle here. <laughs> but yeah, it, absolutely any excuse to talk about Henrik Larson, and we are absolutely going to grab it. So that, that was two of his... Not, not his finest performances. Well, Leon certainly was, but two, two remarkable performances. See, see if the listeners like hearing about Henrik Larson, they should listen to the latest episode of the O'Neill Years. <laughs> yes, well Plenty done. of Larson chat yeah. on that one. Um, so we're hoping for another rocking night under the Celtic Park disco lights on Thursday. Neil Larson this time, unfortunately, but... Not, well, he's in Britain currently, so <laughs> might come and watch us. Seems unlikely he'll, he'll play any part. Let's <laughs> not read it. Spirit of Larson, we'll, settle, we'll absolutely settle for that. And that'll be Edward's job. That'll be Edward's yep. job to recreate the, 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 the man himself. Of, yeah. The spirit of uh, 2003. It'll need to be Edward's job because we don't have MDL since Bio will be suspended and Lee Griffiths, we don't know if he's, he'll be mm. back. So He's got a virus and a thigh injury. Oh um, dear. Yeah. A virus. A virus. <laughs> I wonder what you said. <laughs> um, on their attack, they might be missing the the tormentor of Celtic in the last time, Omrani, of course. Remember, Celtic yeah. were like, briefly linked with him towards the end of the transfer window. He has been... He's been in good scoring form. He's got 10 this season, three in his last four, including against Lazio. Um, so it'd be good if he was if he was missing. And someone I didn't know they'd signed because he signed five days after the, the Celtic game was Lassina Traore, oh, who right. was at Sunderland for a bit, mm. you may remember. He, he's, played for Clues, well. yeah, he's played for Clues before, but he's the six foot eight striker. That's all. What height is Julian? Uh, five, I think six five maybe. Okay, so yeah, she's okay. Huh? <laughs> we, can, we can do it. <laughs> so it would be handy if both of them were out though. Those are the two main goal threats. So it'd be, be nice if they didn't make it. And on that, I suppose we shall wrap up this episode of Twenty Minute Tim's episode one hundred and ninety two. I just want to say thank you to you guys to li- who listen and tweet us and DM us and give us your feedback and who leave us nice review on iTunes. Um, special thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon and if that sounds like it might interest you, you can find that on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. We have a double header coming up, Melee at the Match. Melee, where are your Cluj and Livingston this yes, week? Yes, Livingston away. That'll be, that'll, that'll be a tremendous oh, away game, that pitch, one, Livingston. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. Hope it rains. Hope it's sideways <laughs> rain for that one. Well, at least it wouldn't be as dry as the, the rest the of the, the league manages to let their artificial pitches get. Um, if you listen to this on iTunes or Android, you can also hear us on the Alexa app. You just uh, If you've got an Alexa, and if it's near this actually, Alexa, play 20 Minute Tim's podcast, and then that'll play the latest 20 Minute Tim's podcast, and we're also on Spotify. Oh, speaking of this, by the way, happy International Podcast Day, lads. Oh, so yeah, that's today. I haven't got you anything oh, off it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and on that, I suppose we shall wind up. Thanks for listening.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.